Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, welcome to Southside Online today. We are thankful for you. You're, you watching every week, you being a part uh, of our church family because you are a part of our church family. Uh, we thank you for that. And we invite you, if you live in our area, come and join us in one of our church services at 915 or 11 uh, at our Redstone campus in South Jackson or our Commerce campus at Banks Crossing. We'd love to have you come and experience uh, what God is doing here as we as we attempt uh, with everything that we've got to f- fulfill the mission of building real followers of Jesus Christ. Today, today we continue talking about what it means to be burdened from bothered to burdened. What does it mean to be burdened for for people that don't know Christ? What does it mean to be burdened for our community? What does it mean to be burdened for the next generation? And why is that significant? Well, I believe this. I believe that many people today are bothered by the things they see rather than being burdened for those around them. I just, I, we just are. I think it's just so easy for us to be bothered by the things that frustrate us, get on our nerves, slow us down, get in our way. We get bothered by those things more than we find ourselves being burdened for them. And I don't know if that's because of COVID. I don't know if it's just because of the way the world is today, but it just seems so contentious everywhere. Everybody just seems to be, man, just so anxious and angry, and and I look at that and I think it's so easy, it's so easy to be bothered by people who don't think like us, talk like us, believe like us, behave like us. I mean, it's just so easy to be bothered by them. You know why? Because they're not us. They're not like us. And so it's, it's it just kind of puts off this negative vibe, okay? And and that's not, however the way Jesus asked us to live. That's not how Jesus called us to live. That's not how Jesus commanded us to live. He didn't. He said, they're gonna, they're gonna know me by seeing and watching you. And when you read the life of Jesus, you see that Jesus spent a lot of time with people that did not didn't believe in him, didn't trust him, didn't know him. We would call them lost, all right? We would call them lost today. But but Jesus spent time with people that didn't look like him, act like him, believe like him, behave like him. And he did that. He did it for this purpose. He said this when, when he was sitting down with Matthew, a new follower of his, who would become a disciple, an apostle of Jesus, and would write the first gospel in the New Testament. Jesus was sitting down with him. He was a former tax collector and he's sitting down with all of Matthew's buddies, the tax collectors of the town and the religious leaders came up to Jesus and wanted to know, why are you dining with such such reprobates, with such, such evil people that they, I mean, that's who they are. He was hanging out with IRS. Who wants to hang out with IRS? Nobody. Jesus looked at these leaders and said, you know, people that are well don't need a doctor. It's those that are sick that do. He said, I didn't come to call the, 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 the healthy. He said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. And, and so the, the, the thing that we see here 
is that Jesus in this statement, and we can, we can take all kinds of principles and, and statements that Jesus made, is for us to be less bothered by the world around us and be more burdened for them. Now, I'll just say this. You cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus if you're sitting on your butt. <laughs> you can't. You can't be the hands and feet of Jesus if you're sitting on your fanny. You just can't do it. Jesus didn't call us to sit. He called us to serve. He didn't call us to, to, to just be complacent. He called us to be courageous. He didn't call us to live in mediocrity. He called us to live for mission and purpose. And, and so we can't do this if we're doing this. And so today, we look at a story in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, we see, we see a man. His name is Saul. And you may not recognize that name yet, that's okay, but Saul is a, is a young, he's, he's a young Pharisee. He's a young, up-and-coming leader in the church, in the Jewish faith and religion. And so Paul, Saul, I gave it away, Saul is a guy who is, who is passionately living out his faith in God. And he's also trying to eradicate the world of this new following that, that, that is spearheaded by the, the one they call Jesus that was dead, buried, and some are saying now that he's been resurrected. And so Saul is trying to shut that down. And so this is what we see in Acts chapter nine. It says, meanwhile, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. You know why? One, he didn't believe in them. Two, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And three, he wanted it stopped because in his zealousness, in his passion, he was trying to, he, he really felt like he was doing God a favor and doing a favor for the faith. And so he went to the high priest and this is what he said. He requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus about a week's journey away so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, that's one of the ways they, they, they saw people that were followers of Jesus. They belonged to the way. And, and so that was, that, was, that, was, that was one of the statements that Jesus made. He said, I am the way. And so these are people who belong to the way. He might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he traveled and was nearing Damascus, and so they not only grant him those warrants, they also grant him enough men to go with him to arrest anybody that they find. And so the picture here is Saul one day coming back from Damascus to Jerusalem with a line of people that they're gonna lock up and put away. And as he traveled to Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. And so he's walking, he's going with these guys, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, boom, he is blinded by the light. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, this story is crazy enough just by being blinded by the light. This was not the sun. 
This was, this, was, this was the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, Savior of the world, the Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One of God. And so now Jesus, in his heavenly state, he shows himself to Saul, the sinner, and these men, and Saul is blinded. He falls to the ground, and if it doesn't get, if it, I mean, and, and it, gets, it gets crazier because the voice starts talking. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? What would you do? You would do exactly the same thing Saul said. Saul said, who are you, Lord? (laughs) Because this is bigger than you at this point. Who are you, Lord? He said, and Jesus told him, he said, I am Jesus, the one you were persecuting, he replied. And so at this point, Jesus doesn't say, believe in me, open up your heart for me. He doesn't say, I love you, Saul. I came to give my life for you. Nope, this is not that kind of encounter. All right, most of us come to church, most of us seek and experience, maybe God touches our heart, but we are actively engaging in that relationship at that moment, not Saul. Saul was on his way to do a job and Jesus encounters him and then tells him exactly what he's gonna do. He said, I want you to get up, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Cool, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do exactly what the voice and the light told you to do. Why, why would you say, no, I'm blinded by the light, and now the light is talking to me. I think I'll do what it tells me. And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Then Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. And he was unable to see for three days and didn't eat or drink. Talk about, a, talk about your world being altered <laughs> In an instant, crazy. When we talk about being bothered or burdened by the world, talk about being bothered or burdened by the, the, the lostness of people, and I'm just talking about the wickedness, the evil, the, the, the things that don't line up with our faith. That's, that's, that's one aspect that we're bothered by. Being bothered by the community and the things that, that we see. Maybe even the needs that are present within our community. But, hey, I got needs of my own, man. <laughs> I mean, I got needs of my own. I mean, I'm supposed to, what? I got, I mean, groceries are up. Gas is up. Prices are up. Everything's up. And so I've got to give or you expect me to do something for somebody else. Hey, what about me? Somebody do something for me. And so we're, we're, we're more bothered by the things around us than we are burdened for them. And maybe it's because we've got just enough Jesus to be informed, but maybe not enough to be transformed. Today, I want to give you four questions. Four questions to mark your faith. Four questions that can potentially mark your faith and help you go in a, maybe in a, to a different level in your relationship with God. Question number one, does God matter enough to spend time with him? When it comes to you in your life, does God matter enough to you for you to spend time with him? Now we transition. We are now in Damascus, and this is what we see. Remember, Saul is now there with his henchmen. He's, he's, he's waiting. He's been there for three days, three nights. He can't see. He hadn't eaten or, drinking any, or drank anything. And so here, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. That's how we see followers of Jesus 
um, the, the name that associates them with him in the book of Acts. We see them called disciples. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself, which is extremely difficult to do. You've got to pick up your cross daily, which is even more difficult to do. And then Jesus said, you've got to come and follow me. Then you will be my disciple. And so a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And so that is how followers of Jesus were referred to in the book of Acts. In the epistles, the books that come after Acts in the New Testament, they're referred to as saints and then later on became known as Christians. And so here, the writer, Luke is writing this. He said, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And Ananias said, here I am, Lord. I mean, can you imagine, this is, this, here is Ananias, his marking moment in his life. This is a powerful moment for Ananias. Sanctified imagination, I'm picturing this moment. Maybe it's early in the morning. And Ananias knows that God matters enough to him to spend time with him. And so Ananias, this is a marker of his faith. He is faithfully spending time with the Lord. And on this day, God speaks to him in a vision. On this day, I mean, silence up to this point, maybe nothing. I mean, he's just living in obscurity and anonymity. He's over here in Damascus. He's become a follower of Jesus, has been, has, has been given the power of the Holy Spirit, more than likely has followed the Lord in baptism, and now he's spending time with the Lord, and God speaks to him in a vision. Ananias... And Ananias is like, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Yes. Yes, Lord, I'm your man. Question. Does God matter enough to you for you to spend time with him? It's a simple question. But I'll tell you this. If you never spend time with the Lord, you'll never get moments like this. See, God can't speak if we don't make time to listen. The other questions really don't matter if we don't get this one. It's gonna be very difficult for God to speak to you if you don't make time to listen. And so I'm gonna encourage you to make time for him. We make excuses all day long on why we don't make time for God, but what if we did? What would that look like? What would it look like if you started your day with the Lord? What would it look like if you spent 60 seconds, five minutes just praying and not asking God necessarily to do things for you, but what if you just let God speak to you? God, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna focus on your word and I'm gonna just be quiet and I'm gonna talk to you kind of off and on and I'm just gonna say, Lord, I need you today. Be real to me today. Provide for me today. Help me to honor you today with my thoughts, words, actions. God, let me honor you with my life today. What would that look like? Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, help me to live pure in my life with you today. What would that look like? Because God can't speak if we don't listen. Question number one, it's a marker of our faith. Do you care enough to spend time with God? Question number two, are you going to choose comfort or are you going to choose the cross? 
Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself. That means you need to spend some time with him. You need to deny your wants, your needs, your desires, and begin to take on his. That happens when we spend time with him. Do you want to, you got to deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily. Because Jesus said, you got to bear your cross. But you're going to bear your cross. You're going to sacrifice yourself for me, but you're going to sacrifice yourself on this imaginary cross. He carried the real one. He died on the real one. But now he's given a one, one for us to carry. Yes, it's imaginary, but it's still heavy, none the same. It is weighted down with burdens and weights and cares and, and all kinds of different things that we, we struggle with. We feel the weight and the pressure of faith. We feel the weight and pressure of life. But Jesus said, come to me, all you who are tired, wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so the question, are you going to choose comfort or are you going to choose the cross? Society in the world says to choose comfort. But Jesus said, if you want real life, real meaning, real hope, real joy, real peace, choose the cross. This is what he says. God is speaking. Remember Ananias? Yes, Lord, here I am. Get up. Get up and go to the street called Straight. Straight, straight. I got it. I got it. Let me punch that in my GPS. Okay, yes, I know exactly where Straight Street is. I got it. Go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas. Oh, yeah, I know Judas. Good dude. Good brother. Let me go see Judas. What you need me to say to him, Lord? You need me to tell him something for you. You need me to go and tell him that you spoke to me on his behalf. I got you. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Saul from Tarsus. Yeah, I heard about him. But the things I heard ain't good. Since he is praying there. This is interesting. Paul came to Damascus to pray on believers. (laughs) P-R-E-Y. Jesus had different plans. And when he met Christ on the road, now he's there. P-R-A-Y-ing there. He said, I want you to go to Straight Street. I want you to go to the house of Judas, and I want you to ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. In a vision, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so he can regain his sight. This I don't know that I really even thought about this until here. I've read Acts 9, this story, so many times in my life. But, you know, I mean, think about this. God is telling Ananias what to do in this vision. And Ananias is listening, and he's formulating an argument and an objection, okay? Here he is. But God told him, in a vision, Saul has seen a man named Ananias coming in. So, so he, either the Lord's got several guys named Ananias lined up in case this one says no, or God's not going to take no for an answer. Are you going to choose comfort, or are you going to choose the cross? What would you do if God said, there's a person named, and, I've, and he's seen that person coming and laying, on their, laying their hands on him? It all starts when you spend time with the Lord. But that leads to moments like this where you have a decision to make. I'm either going to choose comfort or I'm going to choose the cross. See, Jesus never said following him would be easy. But he did promise it would be worth it.
Are you willing? Or does God matter enough to you for you to spend time with him? Are you going to choose comfort or the cross? Question number three. Will your life be marked by fear or by faith? Will your life be marked by fear or by faith? Look at what Ananias does. He's afraid. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man and how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all those who call on your name. Lord, he's coming for people like me and you want me, he don't know where I am, I'm kind of hiding out, but you want me to go show myself to him? Lord, are you sure that you want me to do this? Are you willing, will your life be marked by fear or by faith? This is real fear. But God is asking him to use real faith. See, I'll say this. You can have faith or you can have control, but you cannot have both. When it comes to making a decision to follow Christ, you can have faith or you can have control, but you cannot have both. So, does God mean enough to you for you to spend time with him? Are you going to choose comfort or are you going to choose the cross? Will you choose to live by fear or will you say yes and live by faith? Question number four. Four questions that mark our faith. Are you willing to go? Are you going to let your objections keep you from your obedience? Are you willing to go? But the Lord said to him, go. Go. He didn't say if you want to, he said go. For this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles. That's a great word. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. So if this doesn't happen, does God's word get his name, get to the Gentiles? Probably yes, because that's his overall plan and mission. But Saul, later to be known as Paul, became God's chosen instrument for the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the world. He said, he is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and the Israelites. I will show him, God said, how much he must suffer for my name. What do we see? So Ananias left. He probably left with his knees shaking a little bit. He probably left a little bit unnerved, maybe a lot unnerved, not sure of what he's just listened to, witnessed in his own life, and now he's putting it into practice. So Ananias left and entered the house. 
Judas opens the door. Ananias, yep, got something to do. Is Saul from Tarsus here? Well, yes, he is. Ananias, I'm just picturing maybe Ananias doesn't kind of walk in, kind of timid. Maybe at this point, the Holy Spirit got a hold of him, and he's like, man, every step he took to get there gets a little more bold, and he walks in, and he places his hands on Saul. And this is what he says, Brother Saul, My brother Saul, he's already speaking into existence what was already happening in his life, what had been going on in his faith. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road while you were traveling has sent me so that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at once, something like scales fell from his eyes, he regained his sight, and then he got up and was baptized. Boom, he comes in, lays his hands, the Lord Jesus, pow, power in that name, something like scales fall from his eyes. I bet a man who, number one, was weakened because he hadn't had anything for three days and three nights, humbled because of the encounter that he had with the Holy Spirit, and joyful that he had just been healed and set free. I bet that man got up and squeezed old Ananias, hugged him, and was like, yeah, you are the man. And he said, what have I got to do? Ananias, tell me, what needs to happen? You know what Ananias did? Ananias told him exactly what he did. He got baptized, and so Saul got baptized. Who baptized him? I bet Ananias baptized him. We don't know that, but who else is going to do it? If I'm Saul at this moment, I want the man who had enough faith, who had enough courage, who had enough audacity to come in there and love for me and obedience to God to do that. I'd much rather that man put me under the water and bring me back up and raise to life in the name of Jesus. And after he had taken some food, he regained his strength. A powerful day. See, I'll tell you this, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's resources. God's work done God's way will never lack God's resources. You see, God didn't save us from something. God saved us for something. So what are you for today? What did God do for you? It's what he did for you that leads you to ask what he wants from you. Listen. We make this so difficult. And we get so bothered by the things that are around us that we miss out on the simple truths of the gospel. And we miss out on the divine obedience of our faith. When we spend time with God and listen for Him and His Word, and we say no to comfort and yes to the cross, in a lot of ways we see our fear diminish and our faith increase the point where we're willing to go and do what he says. What's your go today? 
Your go may just mean saying yes to Jesus as your Savior. Your go may mean being baptized. Your go may mean starting reading His Word and praying and asking Him what to do. Your go may be just simply coming to church and getting involved, not just sitting on your B-U-T-T or your B-U-T. We've got all kinds of buts that keep us out of church and out of a walking, real relationship with Jesus. It may mean getting involved. It may mean deepening your faith in all kinds of different ways, but everybody's got to go what's yours. See, God put his yes on the table. Now he's waiting for yours. You've got a yes today. That yes may be to Jesus. That yes may be to time with him. That yes may be to somewhere in a church serving him, but everybody's got a yes what's yours listen if we can help you in some way today if we can help you take steps of faith take steps to grow your faith let us know today let us know in the comment sections let us know reach out to us let us help you take steps of faith do you want to know Christ as your savior reach out to us say look I want to know Christ I want to be saved I want to go to heaven listen do you want to be baptized come be a part of that with us we'll baptize you we'll help you take steps to grow your faith you make that decision We will help you, and let's put our yes on the table. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and may he bless you with peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with Him. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the Give tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the Give section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.